All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dropping the Gloves. Tim, good morning. What's up, John? Good morning. Uh, nothing's up. Just sent the kids off. They're taking a trip with their grandparents to Mackinac Island for the day. Not all of them, just the two older ones. So we were up doing that, getting the bikes all hooked up to the car, and away they go, and now we're only down to four. So it feels like we have no kids, only four. It's crazy. But everything is good. I was actually listening to our episode yesterday, which I do just to kind of recap how we're doing, kind of do a mid-season report, a three-quarters of the way through the year report. We did well. We did good. Yeah, we passed. One one critique. Okay. For you or for me? Brace yourself. Oh, no. Your ad reads are lacking. (laughs) I don't do any ad reads. I feel like we come off really desperate. When you go, please, 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 please rate, rank us five star. We really could use it. Please, please. please. I just said, please leave a review. You said please three times. I said it twice. Please, please. Three times. Nope. Please, 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 please go and leave a review. I don't think I said it three times. Definitely said it three. Are you, do you have a candle going? I do. Why? I like candles. Okay. Listeners out there. <laughs> it is 7:56 in the morning and I'm we're zooming so I can see Tim obviously and he's lighting a candle at 7:56 in the morning because he likes candles. He's a 29-year-old man and he likes candles. Can you explain this? Is there a question? I, it's just an observation. I just don't understand it. 
I don't get it. Who likes candles when there's a 29-year-old guy? You don't like candles? I don't hate candles. I don't light them unless I'm told to light them. There's never been a time <laughs> in my life where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to light a candle. I feel like it. <laughs> I do it every day, all the time. Why? I just I love the way they smell. Uh, okay, what scents do you get? Uh, what I, I, I get a million of them. I don't know. This Why one, are you showing me your crotch? I'm oh, I'm pulling this down. This is called Ocean oh, Breeze. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Ocean what is that? Breeze. Ocean Breeze. Yep. You just are thinking of Boston right now? Pure by soy candle. Yeah. Yeah, having some lobster, Starbucks. That's a deceptive candle because the wharf in Boston smells terrible. It smells yeah. like just yucky fish, stale seawater. Gross. There's no wharf that doesn't smell like fish. This is like... Yeah, it smells. they all smell bad. They don't smell yeah, like an ocean breeze. You don't breeze. go to the wharf for the ocean breeze, John. Come on. Uh, I guess you're right. You probably go to California on Malibu or something, knowing you bring your, bring your J.D. Salinger book and your leather-bound journal and just read. You probably pull a pipe out. Just be so ironic. But don't smoke it. Just put it in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. I wear a, a vest and yeah. Oh, just your tweed vest and you have patches on your elbows, leather patches. <laughs> probably play a little hacky sack just for fun. Just Maybe. not too much. Just, just enough. All right. Anyways, the most interesting man, Tim, Tim Wurzberger. Very good. Hey, did your mom leave you any treats when she left? Usually moms will set you up with kind of some food for the week or anything, or did she, did she hook you up? Uh, she bought some stuff for, yeah, she bought a lot of cleaning supplies. She thinks I'm short on that. That's a big, big hint saying, Oh, what I bought you some bleach and some laundry detergent and some, (laughs) there's like, there's like four or five new bottles under the fridge of different cleaning products. Windex. Um, Yeah. Yep. That that was mostly it. A couple little snacks and stuff. Nothing crazy. Oh, good. Good. Did she make it back nice and safe? She did. Yep. Easy flight. All right. Very good. Well, the draft came and went. Um, not very eventful. Nope. The last couple of days in preparation for the free agency period, there's been a few trades. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Nothing too remarkable. Ryan Murray got traded yesterday. I was surprised by that. He got traded for a fifth rounder to the New Jersey Devils. I like this move move by the Devils. I I don't know what Columbus is doing. Why are they clearing up so much cap space, Tim? What are they making a run for? Do you think they're making a run for Taylor Hall? What's the reasoning behind this? Uh, hard to say yet, but they cleared up $11.8 million yesterday or in the last two days between uh, trading Murray and then they bought out Wenberg and they also traded Newt Divara. So they cleared out eleven point eight million. So they're up. They're up to something, right? I don't know if that eleven point eight million happens includes the the Domi deal or not. Um, but you got to think they're up to something. What are they going to try to go to Hall or Petrangelo? Maybe try to crew one of those big names in the market. I don't know. I think they go the forward route. I still like their defense, even with Murray gone. It's so we we were talking before we came on. What a bad draft class that was because he was a second overall pick and Yakupov was one and Galchenyuk was three. Like we just talked about this past draft. You got to hit one of your top five picks. 
you could have a pretty strong argument that all three of those guys are a big strikeout. They just yeah. all missed the mark. Are you looking at the draft now, the, the guys? Yeah, so you get, was you get there, the top three. Sorry, was there any hits down lower? Like, who's the best player in the top ten? Uh, Morgan Riley was fifth. Dumbo was seventh. Truba was ninth. Those are the only guys. I mean, Hampus Limholm was sixth. Uh, Philippe Forsberg, 11. That's a good pick. Gergensons, your boy Gergensons. Tom Wilson was 16. Hurdle was 17. Vasilevsky, 19. So there's some good players further down the, the uh, first round. So those last three are probably the best three. The Wilson, the Hurdle, the Vasilevsky. Those are the three best yep. players out of that draft. Brady, Brady Shea. No, not yet. Tanner Pearson, solid player. It's interesting. I, I always find this interesting how there's literally a whole class that underperforms. Like they're, they're not remarkable. They're not, you know, they don't stand out and it's a whole year, a whole group of kids, but then the the year following them, there's like five or six studs who are just unbelievable. And, And I found that even growing up where, because you play with the same group of kids every single year, you pretty much, and everybody probably knows this, but yeah, you, you grow up, you go Adam minor major, Midget, peewee, novice, all these. You play with the same group of kids. You travel with them every year for like 10 straight years. And if you somehow get into a group that's good, you guys win every single year. Like every single year. Like there was a team in Toronto. I've just been doing some research on Peter Angelo. He had, it was Peter Angelo, Stamkos, um, Michael Delzato. Subban, right? And PK? I don't want to say, I think somebody else, not Subban. But anyways, they had like four NHL guys on their team. And it's like, that's amazing. And not just like regular NHL guys. Like imagine having Peter Angel and Stamkos on your team as, as like a 10-year-old kid. Because right. you know they're just lighting the scoreboard up. But then you get other, other years where the kids are just atrocious. And I'm just like, I always wonder like, why, why does that happen? Is there, is there no rhyme or reason in it? Like, because I grew up in St. Catharines. My year was pretty strong. The year before me was terrible. The year after me was so good. But you were you were in the age group as the 03 draft, right? Yeah. So those guys, yeah, those are the best group ever probably. Maybe that's why I didn't get drafted. In 2012, you would have been drafted. Everything's kind of coming together. Because I thought I should have been drafted, but there was just so many – there was so much quality. There's so much quality. What are you going to do? But anyways, so – Murray gets traded to the Devils for a fifth rounder. Again, I got traded for a fifth rounder, so I am comparable to Ryan Murray, a second overall pick in the 2013-12 draft. So me and him are pretty much the same person. Same with Devin Dubnik. I feel like we're, we're twins. I like this move for the Devils. I like this move for Columbus just a little bit, a little bit less than I like it for the Devils. The Devils are quietly starting to rebuild their team just a little bit. Quietly, their GM said that they're still three years out. Like they're, they want to hit their stride when Nico Hershiser and um, Jack Hughes are in their prime. That's what he said. So he's like, the next few years, they're pretty much just throwing away. They're not going to win. They bought out Corey Schneider. Obviously, you like him for some reason. Tell me why I, you like Corey Schneider. <laughs> uh, I can tell you why I started liking him back in like twenty two thousand eight, maybe. We went to uh, an AHL All-Star game in Worcester. The, the Worcester Sharks were hosting it. And I think he was on – I don't know if he was on the Sharks or if he was on the uh, Vancouver system at the time. But he came up to that team and he was just lights out. I'm like, oh, this kid's pretty good. He's probably like 21 at the time. 
And then he had a couple of really good years. And I remember thinking like, okay, this guy's going to be a stud. He was an all-star in 2016 with you. Like he's been a good goalie in this league, had some really bad injuries, really bad teams the last few years. And I just feel like mm, this guy hasn't really gotten a fair shake. Hasn't really had the deck fall in his favor, but I like him as a player. And I feel like in the right situation, he could be decent again. I feel like he, he really made his mark in Vancouver. Obviously he played well under Roberto Luongo. That's the reason they got rid of Luongo. They thought he was going to take the reins and he played okay. Like he was a good goalie, but then he just, I don't know. As, as soon as he left Vancouver, he has just, he has, he's been a shell of his former self. So he has two years left on his deal. He's still going to make 4 million bucks, even after the bio for the next two years. Does he catch on with the team for a one-way contract? Do you see that in his future with all the goalies that are available? A one-way contract? Probably not. No. I think it's similar to like Jimmy Howard, right? You got to just, just, just swallow your pride, get a two-way contract and uh, earn a spot. There's a lot of those guys in that age range, the 33 to 36 range, who are free agents probably for the first time in their career, really. Maybe they've had a decline in their game. They just need a change of pace. There's a Hudobins, the Crawford, the Holpe. I know Holpe's a little bit younger than that. Schneider, you could throw, goodness. You could even throw Lundqvist in there, even though he's a little, a little bit older. But there's a lot of goalies in that little range there who are going to be disappointed when, when free agency opens up in a few hours because the phone calls aren't going to come. And when they do come, it's going to be two, two-way deals. I don't think teams are going to shell out a lot of money for these goalies just because the market is so, so swamped with options. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a handful of these goalies just go unsigned until the start of the season. Maybe there's an injury. Maybe there is a you know just some bad goalie play. But it's just... It's very strange, the goaltending market. But anyways, moving on. Tim, what else are we going to talk about? Uh, well, speaking of the goalies thing, uh, I don't know if you're surprised or not by this, but the Kudobin's going to test the market. Dallas has not moved on him. Yeah, I, I know Dallas, they offered him um, some money. He made two-point change last year, and I, I'm guessing they offered him $3 million, which is a good raise for him. It's a good number where he should be at, but – I bet he's flying high. He's still kind of sitting on that bubble where he had that great run, obviously, with Dallas. I I don't see him getting more than 3.5. I think a a team might stretch to give him 3.54, but you're you're overpaying at that point for someone. I just just think he needs to kind of get hit with the reality punch in the face real quick because he's leaving Dallas, which is a good situation for him. They They have a decent team. He's familiar with them. They have no state tax. I don't know. That's a risky move for goalie in this position. It's like, obviously you had that big run, but your track record doesn't scream starting goaltender. It screams backup, a reliable backup. But at this point, if you're a reliable backup and you're competing with a Corey Crawford or a Henrik Lundqvist or a Corey Schneider or all these other goalies who are going to hit the market, you don't look as good. If I'm a GM and I'm like, okay, is it going to be Anton Hudobin or Corey Crawford who's won a bunch of Stanley Cups? I'm taking Corey Crawford for the same price. So I just think people, maybe their their pride gets in the way. He's like, oh, I deserve more. I played great in the playoffs. Uh, okay. Well, we'll see how that works out for you. You know, he's a good kid, but I just think, you know, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush or something. What's that saying? Yep, you nailed it. So... He should have took the deal. That that that's my assessment of that because now he's going to test the market, and I don't think the market will be there for him like he thinks it's going to be there. 
people are already over his playoff appearance. They've already moved on. Anyways, what did you, what did you think of the Max Domi signing? Two years, ten point three million, ten point five. Yeah. What was your initial reaction to that? And it's obviously a bridge deal. Montreal or Columbus didn't want to invest too much in him, so they're going to see what he can get. And if he you know plays well, plays to the deal, they'll sign him again. But if not, they you know he'll be off the books. I like these little bridge deals. Teams kind of test players out. They see how it goes. What was your initial reaction i know what mine was you te- you texted me the deal and i had already seen it and i i won't spoil my reaction but what was yours uh it surprised me a little bit that someone his age would sign a two-year deal i thought he'd want something longer or maybe he's taking a little bit of a gamble on himself but obviously uh columbus is hoping to get the 2018 2019 max domi where he had 28 goals and 72 points and wasn't a minus compared to every other season where he's hovering around the 45 point mark and, and the 15 to 18 goal mark. Um, so that's what they're hoping for. They say he's going to play center um, behind uh, Dubois, which isn't a bad fit, but I don't know if Max Domi is someone who can really carry a line on a really good team. Right. Yeah. I, that's, that's been the one thing with Max throughout his career. It's where do you put him? The center wing, he, in juniors, he was a centerman. He, he thrived. He played well. When he went to the World Juniors, I think they they slid him on the wing, but I could be wrong. You know what? No, he was centerman. He actually was with Anthony Duclair. They they formed that really great tandem in the World Juniors. That was incredible. This is the knock on Maxi just a little bit. He's a little undersized for a centerman, and he's not one of these guys who are who was a really creative player who can create plays and kind of I don't want to say slow things down, but just see plays like a Claude Giroux. He doesn't have those type of hands. He he is at his best when he's at top speed. And as a centerman, it's hard to do because you're in the defensive zone. You're battling down low. You're usually the, the second or third guy into the rush as a centerman. So I think for his strengths, the wing is where he should be. But you know, he wants to play center. He's decent in the faceoff circle. He is a strong kid. He he battles pretty hard, but I just I just feel to maximize Max Domi, you throw him on the wing and you put a centerman who can get him the puck in mid-stride when he's flying up the wing. But I'm not a GM. I'm not a coach. Obviously, they have a plan for him. I know they tried it in Montreal a handful of times. They threw him around quite a bit, like forward or wing center, wing center. So we'll see. The number seems high. The number seems a little high, 5.12, I think it was. That seems like a reach for Max Domi, especially for a two-year deal. Now, if they were to give him a five-year deal at that at that price, I might be okay with that because you're expecting him to grow into the player that you want him to be. You're going to kind of reward him the first year, give him a little bit extra, then hopefully he grows into a $7, 8000000 million player and you have a bargain down the line, much like Nathan McKinnon did where they gave a bunch of money early on, and now, oh, he's way overplaying his contract. So, I don't know. I think that's a lot, especially for a bridge deal for a guy who hasn't really played like a $5 million player. But who knows? That That's just me talking. Uh, it is what it is. Good for him. He got the money. Right after he signed, the guy he got traded for signed as well for seven years, $38 million. That's an average annual value of 5.5. Now they're the same same deal, arguably, give or take a couple hundred grand. What's that between friends? Nothing major. One, two, three. 
counted on restaurants, now they are counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory. Love that place. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of 15 bucks or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget that's BLUEWIRE for 5 bucks off your first order with DoorDash. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening, opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, they are your online sportbook experts. What are your thoughts on this deal, Josh Anderson? This surprised me a bit. We were texting about this one last night. I thought that was a lot of money to commit to a guy that you haven't really seen a full strong season from yet. His best year was 2018-19, the year before last, and 27 goals, 47 points, like a good, good, solid, you know, second line right winger. Um, last year he played hurt, so it's hard to take these numbers seriously, but 26 games, four points, one goal. So he's like, last year was pretty much a complete bust. Uh, injury or not he's a good player we've seen what he can do in the playoffs he plays mean like I said he can he can score hit the back of a net he's gonna have some 30 goal seasons ahead of him but it's just a lot of money and a lot of uh years to commit to someone who you haven't really seen the best from yet I like this signing I think it's a very shrewd move by Bergevin and he's betting on the player the Montreal Canadiens desperately need a player like this someone who can just lug the hard minutes like we talked about before Go on, go, go in front of the net in the power play, dig out the pucks, like just do the dirty work. Be be that guy. They need to have a couple of those guys, and he definitely definitely checks a lot of boxes, and he can throw the puck in the net. So he's got great speed for a big boy. Like he moves up and down the ice fairly well. So I think last year was a write-off. He had sh- shoulder issues, and as a, as a big strong guy you need your shoulders. You need to kind of lean into guys. You know that, Tim. You've you've uh, had I learned that the hard way. It affected your game. It affected it the whole season. Now you're back. But I don't know. And like I was just saying with the Domi deal, if you sign Anderson for two years at this deal, I don't like it. They're getting seven years at 5.5. The cap will eventually rise. So you'll have that relief. And hopefully in five, six, seven years, when he's hitting his prime, he's, he's putting up 30 goals a year, 70 points. That's well, well, playing well beyond his contract. So – I like what Bergevin's doing. I don't usually say that. I think this trade was good for him, Anderson for Domi, and I think the signing was good for this team. For the, It's a very rare opportunity where I get to say that the Montreal Canadiens made the right decision because they've just been absolutely torn apart by all their trades lately. So 
Good for Montreal. Good for Josh Anderson. Hopefully both these guys can produce. I like Columbus. I've always liked that team. I like the way they play. And Montreal, I think people want to see Montreal succeed. They're the, the biggest market in the country, in the – well, two countries, in the league. So if, if they're good, that's good for the league. And, hey, who doesn't like a team that can take out the Toronto Maple Leafs every once in a while? That, that makes me happy. When Montreal is making moves, when Ottawa is making moves – Boston, what are they? What are what are the Bruins doing? So uh, right now, word is that the talks have pretty much simmered between the Bruins and Canucks with um, Arizona for Oliver Ekman Larson. Our guy Frank Saravelli sent out a tweet last night about Tory Krug, who basically said the Bruins held firm on their six by six point five million dollar offer. He's expected to hit the market today, uh, but the Bruins did leave the door open for him to to return and reconnect once he's seen what's out there which is kind of what you've been saying all along. He's got, he's got, he's got these lofty numbers in his head. Uh, and you think he might be sorely disappointed or surprised by what teams are actually willing to shell out given the flat cap and the kind of the uncertainty of the business right now. Here's what he's going to see. He's going to, he's got yeah, test the market. Joe Sackett from the avalanche already said he's not going to make a big splash, which was surprising because everyone thought they have this cap space. They're going to, you're going to throw some money around because they have a few more years before they have to really shell out some money. McKinnon's deal is going to be up soon. They got to shell out for um, Landis Scog in a few years. Cal McCarr is coming off the books very, very, very soon. And he's going to, he's going to get a raise boy. So you have this one to two year window for avalanche to really sign a guy to a bridge deal and to make a run and to like be a Stanley cup champion. So I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, I am surprised that Joe said that because it would make sense for him to throw a big number at Taylor Hall or Peter Angelo or Tory Krug and be like, hey, you come here, you'll win a Stanley Cup or at least compete for one, sign for two years, and then you can hit free agency again. Give him two years for $15 million. And then we'll, we'll, we'll part ways because we don't have any money for you after that. that. That's it. But he came out and said he's not going to do that. So good for him. He's sticking to his team, whatever. I think Tory Krug is going to dip his toe in the free agency period. The only team that will be interested in him is the Detroit Red Wings. That'll give him any, any kind of number that he's, he's looking for. And then you start to think, okay, do I go to Detroit for seven, seven and a half a year, which I think they'll offer him for seven years. I'm going to be playing with Dylan Larkin, Bertuzzi, Anthony Mantha, all these guys who are good players. Are they the same type of players I'm used to playing with, with the Marchands? the Bergevans, the Krejci's, these really, really, the Pasternak's, these super elite players. Where are my numbers going to go? Am I going to have fun? Is Detroit going to be good? This is, these are the questions that players have to ask themselves. Like, he's going to be getting a life-changing amount of money. Does it really make a difference if you're making 6.5 or 7.5 over seven years? I know that's $7 million, but when you have $40 million already in the bank – do you notice that $10 million when you look at your bank statement? I don't think so, but that's just me. Like, can you put a price on happiness? I guess that's the question. Because if you go to Detroit, there's going to be some lean years, my friend. You're not going to be too happy. So th- th- this is what I've been saying. I think he's going to test the market. Detroit will be his only option. That'll give him any kind of money that he wants. Then you have to make a gut check. You have to make a decision. Do I want to go there? So I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think he ends up in Boston. That's my prediction. I think he dips his toe in. Then the Bruins are like, all right, baby, come back. Come back to daddy. Come on. You know, you, you saw so. what was across the street. Come on back. 
I hope so. I hope you're right. And the other big defenseman on the market right now, or about to be, is, is Alex Petrangelo. Um, an interesting quote here, uh, Jeremy Rutherford, who writes for The Athletic, said he asked Petrangelo last night if he expects to hear from the Blues from the, before the start of free agency. He tweeted this about 6 o'clock last night. And Petrangelo said, I would sure hope so. I can't read their minds, to be completely honest with you. I have no idea, but I would expect that they would call. So maybe a little frustration there that they haven't worked out a deal yet. But I do think ultimately he probably goes back to the Blues. And if not, I can see Toronto taking a big run at him. Uh, yeah. Is, Toronto's been trying to move uh, Nylander and or uh, Johnson, try to make some room. I could see that. I, I don't think he goes back to St. Louis. I don't, I don't think they can swing those numbers. But I think the team that lands Peter Angelo is the Flames. I think they're a good spot for him. They're already losing Brody, TJ Brody. Hamannick is going to be a free agent, so they're most likely going to lose him. They have some money. They have $17 million in cap space available. If they can swing Peter Angelo and stick him on the back end, then you have Peter Angelo, Giordano, Rasmus Anderson, Noah Haffinen, UC Valamaki. Like that's a, that's a pretty good – that's arguably the best defense in the league. So, and they have those, those really, really good forwards that they haven't produced. So if you, if you can throw him on that team and then somehow get a veteran goalie to come in and take a lower deal for a two, three, maybe million dollar deal for a couple of years, that's what the flames need to do. I could see them making a big, big, big push for Peter Angelo. That's my prediction. I think he goes to the flames. The Leafs, they don't have any money. I know Vegas has been tied to him, but Vegas can get rid of flurry potentially they can he can go to Vegas there's just not a lot of money out there these teams are so cash strapped that it's it's hard to throw those kind of numbers around and especially the d like every other year there there isn't as many quality defense on the market as there is right now like there's Peter Angelo there's Tory Krug there's Tyson Berry there's um Kevin Shattenkirk there's Sammy Vatten there's TJ Brody there's Travis Hominick like there's a lot of good defensemen out there who you can get for a lower Justin Schultz even is out there. So there's guys out there who you can get for a fraction of the cost and they're not as good as Peter Angelo, but it's not that big of a gap. You know what I mean? If you can sign a Peter Angelo for 7 million, or you can go and get a Tyson Berry or a Kevin Shattenkirk for $2 million, $3 million, you know, a Sammy Vatten, Vatnin, a TJ Bro. Like, I don't know. I just think the flames are where he's going to go. That, that's my prediction. So let's take a couple of quick more headlines here. Uh, first one is not really news, but interesting little note that Anthony Duclair is representing himself in this whole free agency process. What does that mean? Why would someone do something like that? Um, so usually, typically, you have an agent to represent you. Right. He speaks on your behalf. So he talks to all the GMs in the league. He gauges their interest. He gets offers from them. Then he just kind of lets you know. He's the, he's the in-between guy. He's the guy who negotiates, so you don't have to be the bad guy. He's the guy who does the dirty work, who just basically is on the phone constantly. You'd I love to have a, agent. What's that? You would be a good agent. I would hate to be an agent. Why? Just people I, having your number and calling you all the time? I don't like chasing people and trying to get them on the phone. I don't like people calling me. So I think <laughs> those two things would really limit my – my player would be like, John, what, what's the deal? I'm like, I just didn't feel like calling anybody today, my man. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm really busy. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm sorry. I just, I've been playing spades on my phone. So it, it's really beneficial to have an agent because they have relationships with certain GMs. They know how GMs work and they know how to negotiate with them. And it's, they can get guys on the phone. When you're a player, 
you don't have all the GM's numbers. You don't have all the access to this. You're just basically sitting there just waiting for someone to call. I don't understand why he would do that, especially a young guy like him whose value is so unknown. Like Drew Downey, he is, he's his own agent. The reason he did that, he knew he was going to stay in L.A. The L.A. Kings made it really well known to everybody. We want Drew Doughty here. So he said, okay, my contract's going to finish. I'm firing my agent. I'm negotiating with the Los Angeles Kings. That's it. And so he went in, he did his thing. He saved his 3% commission, which the agents usually get three to five in that range. And when you sign an $80 million deal, that's a few million bucks you're saving that you don't have to pay your GM or your agent, excuse me. So I can understand a guy like Drew Doughty doing it. Anthony Duclair, I, I don't know. I, I think he's kind of making a bad move. You think you're going to save money, but at, in the end, I don't think you save that much because agents fight for you. They can pull up other players, you know, comparable contracts. They have relationships. I don't know. I loved my agent. He got me jobs where if I was representing myself, I would never have been in the NHL. Like, and I, I'm very aware of that. Like, I owe him a debt of gratitude. Like, it's insane. But anyways, we'll see how it works out for him. I don't like the move when you're that type of player where you could sign for 2 million or if you had a good agent, you could sign for 5 million. An agent paints a picture for a GM and kind of convinces him that you need this guy. Like my last few years, my agent would call teams and be like, Hey, you need someone. I got a guy for you. You need someone to protect these guys. You're going to go into this season and just get ran over by the LA Kings and the Anaheim mighty ducks. And you have nobody. Then boom, I went to San Jose. He called up the Arizona GM, Doug Maloney. You have all these young guys. You have Anthony Duclair. You have Max Domi. You have Tobias Ryder. You have Oliver Ekman-Larsen. You have Mikel Bodker. Who do you have to protect them? Who do you have? Kyle Chipchura? You have nobody. Boom, I was in Arizona. So, like, you need a guy to do that for you. So, I, like I said, I don't like the move. Hopefully it works out for him. I like him. We, we obviously played together. He's a good – I don't know. I don't want to say a good friend. He used to be a good friend. We're, we're acquaintances now. He, he responds to my texts. I always send him cheeky texts because he's black. And I always tell him that I don't see color. And so I'll always like just send him random texts and he'll be like, just send me. Anyways, it should be between us, but it's just funny because I just you know, bust his chops a little bit. All right. Anyways. <laughs> so, can I more quick up? Hit. Yeah, do it. Quick hit. The Edmonton Oilers are going to win the Stanley Cup. Did you know that? Based on what is that? You didn't see their big signing? Jesse Polviari is back. They got him? He's back, baby. I thought for sure he was going to hit the market. Wow. Oh, he is back. Another just huge draft pick by him. He was the fourth overall pick in the 2016 draft. And he 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 stepped into the league and just was – he was on fire. He was so good. You don't he have to tell so me good. that. He had to leave to go to the Finnish Elite League. Like the league said, you're too good. We have to kick you out. You got to go back to Finland. And play in Finland. So anyways, he's back. He's only 22. They rushed him into the NHL. They, they stunted his growth. He went to Finland. Apparently, he's been playing really well. They convinced him to come back. So they just signed him to a two-year deal for 2.35. So not nothing crazy. He gets 1.175 a year. This is a pretty low-risk, high reward for them. If he can improve. He could be on their first and second line and skate with those top guys. So it's a good move, but it's just funny. They had the Magnus pay RV. Now they have the Jesse pull Viari and they have all these guys who just kind of float around the Swedish and Finnish league. And they jump in and out of the NHL every once in a while. It's like, what? 
it's just very strange. I think it's very comical. The Edmonton Oilers, just very funny. All right, what were you going to say? Uh, Justin Williams retiring. Good. After 19 years, uh, Mr. Game, game seven. 7, great great career. Yep, good if, for if him. Do you have any good uh, any brush-ins with him, any good moments with him over the course of his, of his time? Yeah, we chirped every once in a while. He was a prick on the ice, so. But, you know, <laughs> good for him, Mr. Game 7 for the LA Kings. Awesome. He'll be back. I don't, I don't think he's going to be back. Really he's retired at least once before. Yeah, this, he'll be back for the playoff run. Crawford be will not be signed by the Hawks. Did that surprise you? Very surprising. Very, very surprising. And it sounds like they're just going to run with their two young guys. Like they're going to give the reins to Subban, which is a huge mistake. Subban's not a, not a starting NHL goalie no, by any not. means. No. I th- <laughs> has there been any other player other than um, Keith Gretzky who's rode the coattails of his brother to make it this far. Dude, the Bruins drafted him in the first round. It's just crazy. I, if PK is not his brother, he goes in the third round. He started playing goalie at like age 17. Like he was like a very late to it the shows. game there. It yeah. shows. I had a goalie in college, Ricky Cazares, who did that too. I think he started at 14. He was this California kid. He, he was good. Like, but you could notice that he didn't have the, the real, 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 real fundamentals that you learn by playing goalie your whole life. So if you start Malcolm Subban next year, Chicago Blackhawks, heads up. Don't like it. Don't well, like it at all. They've got to be going after a Lundqvist or a Holtby or Hadobin or one of those guys, right? They must Lundqvist be. is going to the Washington Capitals. The ink is probably drying as we speak. He's gone. I don't know. Plenty I don't know what they there. do. What's that? Plenty of goalies out there. A, a Jakob Markstrom, potentially. We'll see. But anyways, what other quick hits, Tim? All right, last one. Last one. We haven't really talked about this. This happened uh, after we recorded on Wednesday. Matt Murray was traded to the Ottawa Senators. They Love are just steal they the are Senators. nailing. They are nailing this offseason. Don't you think? Yeah, and you said this would be the team to be the GM for. Yeah, Pierre Dorian is doing an unbelievable job. He's making all the right moves. And I don't mind him walking away from Duclair. If Duclair wanted four or five million bucks, take care, comb your hair. No thanks. He's not saddling himself with the bad contract. I like that move. I like that style. Not even offering him a deal. Not even going to arbitration. The reason all these guys are getting just let go and not being offered contracts is because if you do extend an RFA offer and the player turns it down, then you go to arbitration. And once you go to arbitration, whatever the league sets out, that's the deal. You know? So then the the team is stuck with that contract. So... That's the reason why a lot of these guys are getting let, let go from their from their deals and not being signed. Anyways, good for Pierre Dorian. This trade is great for Ottawa. I like this. Matt Murray is still young. He's 26 years old. He's won two Stanley Cups. He's a proven winner. Like, he's a really good goalie. And he's so good for he's, Ottawa. He's looking for a long-term deal, too. He wants to be there, and he knows his team's on the up and up. So he's, he sees a future there, too, and hopefully they can get the version of him that had that just killer instinct and won those Cups. It's amazing how the mindset of a city changes overnight. You have a good draft, you make a couple moves, you open up some cap space, and all of a sudden, instead of being um, a wart on the foot of the league, now you're a destination. Now players are like, oh, maybe Ottawa, things are looking good there. If I'm a guy and I want to go to a winner who's got some money, oh, maybe I'll go to Ottawa now. So it's It's nice to see them kind of making a the shift. They're finally they're steering the ship. Now they're going down, you know, they're on the right direction now. Instead of just like, uh, just a plummet to nowhere. 
All right. Another, another funny thing that I saw the new GM for Arizona, it's Armstrong. He was the former assistant GM in St. Louis, I believe. So he made a comment about Taylor Hall. So Hall, this whole time, he's been like not returning their calls. He's been ghosting them. He just hasn't been negotiating with them because he doesn't want to go back there. It's obvious. It's so just yesterday or the day before the GM for Arizona came out and he said, the Arizona Coyotes and Taylor Hall have mutually agreed to not continue this relationship. I'm just, just like, bro. No, it was you. You got dumped, my man. So let's not try to play this off like we weren't right for each other. You got dumped heavy, and Taylor Hall did not want to be there. It was completely obvious to everybody. So stop trying to save face. Because it was just – his his comments were just so funny. I just – I sat there and read them. I was just laughing to myself. I'm like, you dumped me. You got dumped. It's fine. Just say it. Be like, Hall didn't want to come back. It is what it is. Can you believe – that the Arizona Coyotes did not have a draft pick until pick number 111 That's this insane. past draft. That's insane. How terrible of a shape is that organization in? They are just in shambles right now. Where do you think Hall ends up signing? I think Hall goes to Nashville. Oh. Nashville or Columbus. Those are my two picks for Hall. I think you put him with Matt Duchesne. And you have a nice, nice combo there. Nashville has been really underperforming the last few years. They have some cap room. They have a lot of good forwards. Their window's still open. They have 17 million available in cap space. So they're not really starved for money. And they're one of those teams who can take advantage of this market. And, you know, offer Hall a decent deal. I would do a bridge deal for him. I would do a two to three year deal, give him six, seven million bucks. I think that's a good number for him to be at. So that, that's my prediction. I think he goes to Nashville, and if he doesn't go there, he goes to Columbus. Those are my two landing spots for Taylor Hall. You heard it here. First and last and forever. Anything else, Tim? I was going to break down all the free agents. For the listeners out there, I like spent yesterday all day prepping for a free agent frenzy. Just like I have notes. I have all this stuff beside me to go over all the top. I was going to do the top – 15 free agents out there and where they were going to go, what their value is, the team most likely to sign them, the teams getting ready to sign, like who, who would be vying for their, their talents. And Tim's like, no, let's not do that. Let's do something else. I did not say that. That's the kind of weight that Tim holds in this podcast. He totally just said, boom, no, thanks. No, no, no. But John, you should, you should record it all and release a special Saturday episode tomorrow. Look at all the notes. Little bonus extra weekend episode, John, coming for the fans. Is that what you're saying? No, not gonna because the free agency period will be over. I'm not gonna do an episode after the fact. All these guys have signed. I will say this: it is a strange free agency period because usually the top end guys now they're allowed to visit teams and just take their time. So I don't know if that'll happen. I don't know if Peter Angelo, if he gets an offer by Florida, will get to go down and see the operations, see the staff, see the rink, see everything if he gets to go to Vancouver or wherever. I don't know if that happens. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But anyways, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not even going to get into it. I'm, I'm a little upset right now. <laughs> what was the, actually one thing that I did see, Mike Hoffman, he has scored an insane amount of goals at five on five over the last five years. He's still minus 50 during those times. So it's not like he scores a lot of points, but he is atrocious in his own end. I never knew that. Like he's a terrible, terrible hockey player overall. He could score goals, but he's just a terrible hockey player. So he's an underrated, he's a poor man's Phil Kessel. 
Bill so, Kessler. Anyways. Cool. Anyways. Hey, John, have a, good, have a good weekend, man. You too. I will be going to the house right now to paint and caulk and trim. Not in that order because I got to do trim, caulk, and paint actually in the complete opposite order. Let me know when, you, when we have to put that sliding door back in. Oh, I've just been staring at it like my – it's just like the – It'll yeah, take two I'll, minutes. It'll be quick. No, it will not take two minutes. I got to take out 50 nails in the nail flange, and I have to do it so gently because I don't want to break the nail flange. So I have to slowly go around every nail and pry it up a little bit so I can get my hammer underneath to take the nail out. Then I got to do that around the whole stinking thing. And you know how hard it was to nail those things in and not hit the door frame? It took a long time. Yeah, I didn't like that part on the and other doors. Was, the door was plumb, and then it settled. I'm like, son of a Anyways, you know, it's always easier the second time. That's, that's what I always say. But I will let you know, Tim, have a good weekend. Uh, say hi to all your dates, all the chicky poos that you're going to entertain this weekend. I know you, you dirty dog. You dirty dog, you Jim. Goodbye, John. Ah, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Dropping Underscore Gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time. Uh-huh.